I'm really excited about this morning, uh, super, super, because it's something I've been waiting on for a really, really long time, uh, maybe years. But before we get to that part, if this is your first Sunday here in a while and you see these boxes up here, like, what has happened? Have we gone crazy? Are we moving? We're on the move, but we're not moving. Um, this month of January has been an intentional month of us trying to uh, kind of start a fire here. And what I mean by that is uh, trying to set the tone for what this year is going to be like and where we're leading um, you guys and where we're going as a community. So uh, the first Sunday in January, we dared you to dream about a community of people that would move from the world of me, which is really the mantra of the generation that we live in, to a journey of we that the Lord is doing something beautiful when he's building the house of God with all the people of God. And it's beautiful when we partner with that and actually believe that God has put you here for a purpose with your unique gifts and the unique way you see the world and the beauty of who you are. And you become a part of this beautiful thing that the Lord is building. And then last week, uh, we challenged you to believe that this is a year that Lord is calling us to be a community of prayer. And we've talked about the power of prayer and how the Lord seems to shake the ground when his people come together and pray, not just individually, but also corporately. And we confessed last week, I had no idea what that's going to look like this year. Uh, but I want to encourage you that people are already rising up out of this community going, I think I know what it's supposed to look like. And I'm like, great, I'm a little scared, but, uh, but it's still good. And today, uh, we're going to talk about something else in line with this, the power of we, the power of, of prayer. But now today, we're going to talk about the power of worship. Imagine with me that this would be the year that we as a community become this powerful community of worship. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That if you're in Christ here today, that's you. That you really are a chosen people, that you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're God's special possession. And he goes on to say, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Do you know that uh, when Christ started his ministry, and we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks in Luke chapter 4, um, he went into the desert and he fasted for 40 days. And maybe you're familiar with this story. And Satan came and tempted him. Do you know one of the temptations he gave to Christ? He said, if you would worship me, I will give you the world. Because Satan knows the power of worship in the right direction. And so what we're going to talk about today is this whole thing about worship. And this is what I'm giddy about and what I'm excited about. Is I've actually asked Kevin, our worship director and our pastor of ministry of music to come up today and speak to you guys about his passion and what God has called him to and what he's put on his heart. So would you welcome Kevin Mann up here? Hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Check. I just love are. this. I just yeah. absolutely love it. Thank you. Thanks for having uh, me on your show. <laughs> wow. I thought you would never ask. <laughs> Matt Damon must have been unavailable. <laughs> so, uh, 
it's going to surprise you. He's going to joke, and I'm going to be serious. <laughs> is um, the reason that I wanted Kevin to come up here is um, in all the years that I've been in ministry, uh, I've never worked with somebody um, as powerfully gifted as this guy, not only to lead worship, uh, as you guys experience from Sunday to Sunday, but also a guy who understands worship. And the depth in which he understands uh, God's call on his life and his ministry to you guys. And you may not know this, but uh, we, uh, we have four campuses. Midtown is a multi-campus model. And I think it's every, every worship leader that we've had or currently have, have all been uh, raised up under the mentorship of this guy right here. So his impact is not just here on Sunday morning, but it's all over this city. In fact, uh, one of your own isn't here this morning because she's over at 12 South leading worship over there uh, because this man has poured into her and helped her grasp her gift and um, God's using her. So uh, it's a real privilege for him to be up here talking to us about worship. And um, so, uh, let me just dive in. You don't want to say anything funny or smart? Um, no, I'm going okay. to hold it. <laughs> so worship uh, is it's from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. It is a theme that we find throughout the entire Bible. In fact, when you look at the end of the book of Revelation where all things are made new and the kingdom of God is restored and there's the new heavens and the new earths, the picture of that new reality is the gathering of God's people to worship. So that may, might be a good way just to start to say, uh, maybe talk to us for a minute about what's this big deal about worship? I mean, why is it such a big deal in all of Scripture? Well, yeah. Uh, I think we have to first start uh, with the idea that nobody does not worship. It's a double negative there. So... We are all worshiping. Um, at any given moment, any given day, any given time, uh, we are constantly pouring our hearts, our love, our affection, our attention, our resources out to something or someone. Um, and Harold Best, in uh, his book, Unceasing Worship, he actually describes it as outpouring. He uses a different word than worship. He says we are continuous outpourers um, <clears throat> and that we were created that way. Um, that there's not a moment where our hearts aren't pouring out. Like our hearts are like a, like a fire hose where it's just constantly going and constantly going. Um, but that we are that way because we were made in the image of our creator um, who is that way. And uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful the dance uh, going on um, in the divine between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, they are outpouring to one another continuously um, in this beautiful uh, dance of giving and receiving and, and completely content and satisfied within itself, um, within himself. And uh, so we were made to be part of that uh, communion with God um, where we're outpouring to him and he's outpouring us. Um, but the problem is that was broken at the fall. Um, our worship, our outpouring uh, was broken. Um, we didn't stop worshiping. We didn't stop outpouring. Uh, we just changed. Uh, we just exchanged gods. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a fire hose uh, that is not um, doing what it was meant to do for its purpose. A fire hose that's gotten loose 
that the person controlling it no longer has control over it, but um, I brought a clip. It, it, looks, it looks a little something like this. <laughs> yes. So I've never tried to do this. <laughs> but this guy's supposed to be a professional. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a lot like my heart. Like, my heart is just going crazy all over the place. Like, I go here, go here, go here, go here. All day long. Like, there's no shortage of things that I can give my heart to. Like, this afternoon, I'm going to give my heart to the Titans, man. <laughs> But that's, that's we're in, we're in that constant up. state. Uh, so our outpouring is broken. Salvation is the only thing that can restore that. Um, but part of what we do when we worship is that we are participating within the divine restoration of, of, of our outpouring and putting it back um, to where it belongs. It's good. I love uh, Dan Allender uh, often talks about awe. Our hunger for awe is at the root of our worship. And it's not just stuff that's awesome, but it's also stuff that's awful that we're looking to capture ourselves. So uh, what does that look like for us to restore our heart back to uh, what we were made for? Well, um, you know, it's, it's a part of it is it's what the Lord's doing in us because he promises to complete the work that he started, that, that our um, our faith is he's the author and perfecter of it. Uh, so there's a part of it that we have to embrace and understand. The Lord is going to do that, and he is in the in process of doing that. So the, where we come in is, is will we participate and how we participate in allowing him to restore that. So I know that you, you and we say it around Midtown that all of life is worship, that every part of my life is like my heart in that hose but uh, in the church world, we often think about worship as the singing part, and then there's the teaching part, then there's the prayer, you know. So what role, I mean, because in scripture, music is often used as an instrument of worship. In fact, the psalm that I read at the beginning of this was about singing to the Lord. So what's up with music? Why is music so instrumental in scripture when it leads us into worship? Yeah. Well, at this point, we kind of have to make a distinction between worship, music, and singing. And it's like you said, worship, uh, we've oftentimes um, defined worship as what we're doing here on at church on Sunday mornings is we're singing, and, and that's worship. Uh, but like we said earlier, worship is, is the state we're in. All of life is worship. We're constantly worshiping. Um, so that's just our constant state. Um, so what role does music and singing play? I, I think that... Um, those two things are, are distinct uh, in the role that they play, but that they work together. Um, so, for example, what, how, what does music do? Uh, well, music stirs us. It, it actually has um, such mysterious power to move us. Like, music can, can affect our emotions. Um, like I want to I show you an example. Um, I brought clips today. Dude, I'm so excited to see if all your clips work. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so watch this first uh, clip and just watch the clip. It's just a clip, short clip with some music behind it. Let's play the first one. Is that you? Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so what do you think is happening? Like, how do you feel towards that person right now? Like, anyway, what's your... Scared for him. Yeah, like, what's about to happen? Like, do you feel like this guy's good, bad? Like, yeah, he looks like he's bad news. All right, now watch this. Play that second clip. Now how do you feel about him? All right? Like, but that was the exact same clip, but it was just the music. Um, so music has power to affect us and to affect our emotions. Um, singing, uh, what singing does um, is it allows the truth to dwell richly in our hearts. Um, so I can say, uh, you're a good father, and I'm loved by you. Um, like, I know that. Um, but it takes on something new and, and, and something a little different when I sing, you're a good, good father. That's who you are, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. Like there's something deeper that happens when I sing that truth. And what singing does is it, is it allows that truth to dwell. It makes that connection between my head and my heart. So it takes what I know and it plants it deep in my heart. Um, and then song, uh, song helps us remember the truth. Um, like uh, all of us, we know our uh, ABCs because we sang the song. Like we know it because of the song. Um, John Wesley, uh, who was the father of Methodism, um, you know John Wesley. Like, can you recite? Oh, John. Oh, yeah. John. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen him. Uh, you can you recite any of his sermons? Like. If I asked you to recite any of the sermons, no. Um, could you recite some of the lyrics to um, Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Um, so uh, that was written by Charles Wesley, uh, who was John's brother. And Charles wrote songs so people could remember what John preached. Um, so <clears throat> music and singing, they work together. Music... Uh, it stirs our hearts, it tills the soil of our hearts. And then when we sing, we take truth and we plant it deep in our hearts. Um, so those things work together. It's, it's transformative. Um, when we come together, when we sing, when we worship, it, it changes us, it transforms us, it shapes what we understand and believe about God. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot here about everything that we're doing is to fight for your maturity not just spiritual maturity, but also your relationship maturity, your emotional maturity, and your social maturity, where you understand your place in this world, your giftings, and your role here in this city. And I think about the beginning of emotional maturity is actually knowing what's going on inside of us uh, and being able to identify and name those things that are most profoundly felt within me because we're so good at hiding that stuff and stuffing it down. And the power of music to kind of awaken my heart, or maybe a better way to say it is awaken me to my heart. Yeah. Could you talk about that just a little bit, about why music does that? Um, well, I think it's kind of what we, what we talked about is, and we've all experienced it. I mean, if I asked you, Chad, right now, like, hey, do you feel like dancing right now? Yeah. Like, no. But if I, if I cranked on Uptown Funk, like, it probably wouldn't be long before I got Chad's head bobbing and his feet moving. 
Um, and so uh, just understanding, I believe, that God has given us music and given us song uh, as a tool um, to grow in our understanding, like you said, of who we are um, and, and who he is. Um, I think he, he understands our limits, and um, I think it's just part of the beauty of him as a creator and him as a, his imagination is that he's given us music and even art, we'll talk about that later, but just specifically music, um, to stir us, to change us. So I know that uh, in a room this big with this many people, there are some people in here that are going, finally, they're talking about this because they're just such musically inclined people. And there are some people in this room that are going, oh, Lord, the music part of worship is my least favorite part of the whole service. And I can't believe they're giving a whole service to this. So uh, for the whole community, what I'd love for you to share with us uh, is what we've been talking about uh, for years now is what is your dream um, for our community? What is it that you want to see happen in this community called uh, Midtown Fellowship? Uh, my hope, my dream for us is that we would become a Christ-worshiping community, um, that we would be a people who pick up the mantle of worship and we would add it to our journey of becoming mature believers. Um, I believe that we need that in our lives to uh, become mature disciples. Um, I don't, uh, give me some grace uh, in this statement, but I'm not sure if we can reach full maturity in Christ uh, without that uh, part of our life. So my hope is that we would be willing as a community to pick that up um, and carry that and, and walk in it. And so what does that look like? Um, for, for me, I, we uh, spent some time last year with the other, uh, with a couple of guys um, that were worship leaders at our other congregations, Rob Blackledge, Jeff Pardo, Josh Pantana, and, and we spent a good bit of time talking about, hey, what, what five years from now, if we were to look at our community and, and pull someone out of our community and say, what do we want them to look like as a, as a Christ worshiper? Um, and we came up with three things that would be the characteristics of a, of a mature Christ worshiper. So if you are a note writer, um, here you go. Uh, one um, is uh, um, we come honestly. Uh, we come honestly to the Lord. Uh, two is we are people who engage fully. Um, and three, uh, we are people who receive openly. So we're going to talk about that, but before we dive into that, I think it's important for us to say that we're not just talking about uh, this little window between 9 and uh, 10 on Sunday morning. Uh, you know, in many ways, what we do here collectively gives us courage to begin to do these things privately, whether it's prayer or whether it's, uh, it's spending time in God's Word or whether it's listening to the Holy Spirit or especially worship. And so when we're talking about this stuff, we're not just talking about when you're here. We're also talking about um, as somebody who longs to mature uh, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and socially, we're saying to you that a key component of that growth is for you not just to have public worship, but also private worship. And what's great about private worship is that it's just, it's the no shame zone. It's just unbelievably beautiful. But if you've never experienced, it's also unbelievably powerful. So just put that in the category of we're not just talking about here, 
Uh, Kevin, is what he's about to talk about is he's longing for you to take what you're getting here publicly and carry it back into your life privately. You with that? Okay. So let's just talk about what does honesty mean? When you talk about that we would be honest worshipers, what does it mean to be a lying worshiper? <laughs> and could you name the yeah. lying worshipers that are in this room right now? Yeah, I actually could, brought could my list. Could you bring the list? So oh, yeah, we, we are a people of here. shame. That's next week's sermon, yeah. all right? No, I'm joking. Randy, you're top of this list. It's crazy. Uh, I knew it would come to this. It was weird. It's like, it looks like somebody tried to erase it. I don't know. Yes. Um, have you guys uh, ever heard of the Bow Wow Challenge? Anybody, anybody ever heard of that? Okay. Um, so there's, uh, it's this thing on Instagram where um, you post a picture of, say, like a brand new Ferrari, like close-up picture, and you're like, check out my new ride. Um, and then you post another picture, and you pull back, and you realize, oh, it's just a toy car. Um, and so... This all began a few years ago um, with a rapper, Lil Bow Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I worshiped uh, him all totally. the time. So uh, Lil Bow Wow posted uh, a picture on his Instagram account that's this. And he said, oh, you know, just flying up to New York, making some music. This is what I do, normal day. Um, but what's funny about this is uh, a couple hours later, uh, another random Instagrammer posted this picture. And he said, hey, check it out. Little Bow Wow's on my commercial flight to New York. Uh, and so Bow Wow had basically found some stock photo of a private jet uh, and posted it and said, yeah, this is how I travel. Um, and he got busted. And what a poser. I know, what a poser. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Instagram, it's like the best, worst thing that's ever happened to us. Um, that was the day I quit following him on Instagram. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, so what does that have to do with anything? Well, um, we all have what uh, is called a true self and a false self. And the false self is uh, the person that we portray to everybody else. It's the person that we wish we were. Uh, it's the person that, um, that we try and want people to think that we are. Um, but our true self, uh, that's the person that we are and the in the silence. Um, that's the person that we are when no one sees, when no one's looking. Um, and I've heard it said before uh, that God is not present with our false self. Um, he's present with our true self. Um, that he's not interested in restoring and redeeming our false self. Um, that he cares about this true self, that that's who he created. That's who he loves. That's who he's redeeming. Um, and if you want to encounter God, um, and, and hear from him and see him and know him, uh, the best way to do that um, uh, is to be present with your true self. Uh, Brother Lawrence said, um, he is within. Seek him not elsewhere. Um, so some of us are really good at that. Some of us, uh, we can navigate our heart. We know how we're feeling. We know kind of um, what we really are and what we're really like. And even, even when we have to carry the tension of this false self, but for others of us, that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, some of us have experienced so much trauma and so much pain and so much loss in our life that we have, uh, we've kind of shut our heart down, and we've had to um, just out of coping. Uh, and it's really hard to get in touch with that. And some of us have been perpetuating the false self and the false narrative for so long that we just, we've forgotten. We have no idea who we are. Um, so what do we do with that? Um, and praise God that 
you don't have to know yourself for him to know you. Uh, and if that's something um, that you would struggle with, uh, I would encourage you um, to go spend some time in Psalm 139. That's a beautiful passage about the Lord knowing us. And, and David's prayer, Lord, search my heart. Uh, know me. Um, see if there's any uh, offensive way in me. Test my anxious thoughts. Like, it's a beautiful passage. So when we come, it's simply, uh, let's come honestly um, with where we are. Uh, and, and, man, there's part of me wants to say, if you don't hear anything else today, hear this part. Um, is uh, don't try to get your heart to a certain place before you engage with God, before you connect with him, before you worship. Don't try to get your heart to believe a certain thing before you do that. I know a lot of times we can come into to church or a setting like this and go, I just don't feel like singing, or I just don't believe what we're singing. Don't try to get your heart to a certain place before you do that. We actually sing, we actually engage to get our heart to those places. Um, that's how we get to those places, is by engaging, by participating. So we begin by just coming honestly before the Lord. So let's just debunk some of uh, kind of the church-going um, ways that we approach being here on Sunday morning and even sometimes in our private life. And Exodus chapter 15 is the first song in the Bible. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that song was about and yeah, what they so, were doing? Uh, biggest thing in Israelite history has just happened that they were in slavery for 400 years in Egypt. We all know it. God sent the plagues. Um, part of the Red Sea, they crossed the Red Sea, the Israelites watched as, as God uh, wiped out Pharaoh and his entire army. Um, so the first thing they do is uh, they sing the song that Moses has. And, and that song um, is really uh, kind of has three components. Uh, one is, is remembering. It talks all about like, this is what God has done. This is what God did. This is what God did. This is what God did. The other is proclaiming, um, this is who God is. This is who God is. This is who God is. And the third part is, this is what he will do. This is what will happen because of who he is, because of what he's done. Um, and there's power in that. I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but um, uh, what's beautiful about that is we all know what happens next. Um, they go in the desert for 40 years and wander around. <laughs> well, before you go there, the point that I was trying to make is as a seven on the Enneagram, I love songs about celebration. Oh, yeah. You know, victory, victory, victory and dancing and all that kind of stuff. And so it's not a shame to come in here if you're in a good mood. Uh, you know, it's not a shame to come in here if you're just excited about being alive and you love the people around you. But that's not all there is when it comes to truly yeah. knowing yourself. Because in Psalm 42, it says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. That scripture yeah. is giving us this these extremes of one is a worship of celebration and one is a worship of sorrow. Absolutely, yeah. And that's part of what we talked about coming honestly is, um, is doing that, uh, being honest with where you are. I mean, there are going to be times where, um, like you said, you, you, you feel like worshiping. And I've said this oftentimes where you, you, you sing from your heart, but a lot of times you have to sing to your heart. And, and a lot, Psalms is full of that. I mean, I encourage all of you, uh, spend some time in there. Um, it's full of David praising in times where his heart is glad, and it's full of, of times where he's in deep, deep sorrow. But even in his deep sorrow, what he's doing is going, heart, connect with the Lord. Like, 
praise God, praise God. He's pulling himself. Um, he's using song. He's using worship to pull himself to a place where he remembers what's true about him and about God. It's good. We could spend a lot of time talking about that. I want to get, uh, get on with the other two that you talked about, engaging fully. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, not yep. just come honestly, but also engaging fully with Engage that fully. That, it just simply uh, don't sit on the sidelines. Um, jump in, participate. We, we talked about worship singing. It's transformative, that you engaging in it is what, what changes you. Um, it's like, for example, um, Chris over here. I'm going to pick on Chris. He's going to love me for it. Chris Davis. If you all don't know Chris Davis, Chris Davis is probably one of the most fit and in shape dudes in our community. Like, just do this. Okay. Check him out. So, just stand up and flex for us, Chris. Yeah. And Chris, you don't do anything to get to that point. Nothing at all. No, Chris, Chris works out. Like, Chris, how, how often do you work out? You can lie. Like, you're done. It's fine. But Chris, Chris works out, right? Um, and on all the times that you've worked out, uh, what percentage would you say that um, you uh, just didn't feel like working out before you went there? 75. 75% of the time. So, but you still get up. You still go do it. And when you go, when you get to the gym, do you uh, kind of hang out there and watch people jogging on the treadmill and doing stuff like, no, like you actually go and you get in and participate. So Chris is enjoying the benefits of of his discipline of working out like he look at him i mean <laughs> I, I i'm enjoying the benefits of his working out uh but that's that it's the fact that you here made it to to church is 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 a miracle right um so the engaging fully part is um actually participate um go, even if it's small like even like, don't go and sit on the sideline. If you're, like, you made it to the gym. You're here. Um, even if it just means going and walking on the treadmill or picking up a little five-pound weight, um, actually participate. Um, and, and also in this engaging fully, like, um, we are whole people. Um, and so we engage our heart. We engage our mind. Um, we engage our body. Um, we engage our whole self in that when we do. So the big part about that is we, is we want to participate in in the act of worshiping the Lord um, because we believe in, in the power of it uh, and because we participate in that divine restoration that the Lord is already at work in our own hearts. So what I love about what you're saying is that um, you're asking us to engage our heart, but first you're asking us to know our heart to engage it, yeah. whether it's in a place of celebration or sorrow or somewhere in between. And it's beautiful how the, the Lord is not so foreign to us as we might think. I mean, what the Lord is saying, and he says it in Matthew chapter 15, that if you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me, you worship me in vain. And it's like when you when you go out like on your anniversary dinner and the dinner is a checklist, okay? Bring my spouse flowers, check. Uh, go to a nice restaurant, check. Uh, ask her how she's doing, check. Like those things are cold, but you're doing the right things. And if we come to church and just church is check, then we're missing the power of truly engaging our own heart and engaging the heart of the Lord. He knows that, you know that in real relationship, and he's calling us into something really profound and deep. So take us, uh, in the few minutes we have left also, what does it mean to receive openly? Yeah, so this is the, this is, this is the, such a beautiful part of this whole thing. Um, so my uncle, uh, he was the best gift giver ever. 
Um, all some of the, my favorite toys growing up came from my uncle. Uh, he didn't have kids, and so he loved pouring um, out his gifts and his love to us through his, his gifts. And so I always looked forward to Christmas, birthday, that kind of thing, because I couldn't wait to see what, um, I, I still have some things that he gave me. Uh, so when I graduated high school, um, I was super excited um, about what my uncle was going to give me. And uh, I remember uh, opening it up, um, and it was a dictionary. Uh, for <laughs> those of you who haven't seen a dictionary in a long, long time, it's just a big, giant, thick book. And all it has is, is definition of words. Everybody knows what a dictionary is. But yeah, just a bunch so, of words. Just a bunch of words. So I was so disappointed. I was like, seriously, a dictionary? Um, when I went to college, uh, I used that dictionary more than any book I, I used throughout college. Um, and to this day, uh, it's the only high school graduation gift I remember getting was that dictionary. Um, and so the Bible tells us that if we, being evil, know how to give gifts, good gifts, how much more our Father knows um, how to give the Holy Spirit, how to give us good gifts. Uh, so what we talked about earlier, we're continuous outpours. Like, that's just the state we are. That's broken. The Lord is restoring that. And what he's restoring us to is that communion uh, with himself. And so in that, as we outpour, he is outpouring to us. So he has something for us. Um, he is present with us. And so the, the encouragement to receive openly is, would you put yourself in a position, in your heart, in a posture, where you would receive what he has for you? Um, and that might be hard sometimes. Um, if, he, if he, through you're engaging with him through worship, if he wants to tell you, hey, you are my son, you are my daughter, would you receive that? If he wants to say, I want to tell you that I am good, uh, and that's, that's probably one of the hardest things for any of us to believe is that God is good. But if he wants to, to, to display that to you, that that's who he is, would you be willing to open yourself to that and receive it above what you feel, above what your experience may tell you, would you be willing to receive truth above that, what he has for you? So he's present with us. Um, and so that part is simply allowing him uh, to be God to us. It is the, uh, first of all, I thought you were going to tell me that when you looked up the word Jesus in the dictionary, there was a check there for a brand new car. <laughs> no, okay. You know, everything we do here at Midtown is, is really a reflection of what he just said, is that we believe that we worship a God who's the initiator, that while we were yet enemies of God, he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And while we were alienated for God, he came and found us. In fact, it's not strange for us to think that not only does God initiate our relationship with him and his love for us and move toward us first, is it also true that he initiates worship? And maybe you've heard us read this before, but in Zephaniah 3, uh, the Lord is talking about the work that he's doing through Israel and the new Jerusalem, which is us. And he says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves, and he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. That Actually, the, the Father's rejoicing over us with singing. And I've also often thought about how worship is the ability to hear my father singing over me. Mm -hmm. And in awe that in all my shame now I'm lifted out of that pit and I realize that he, he calls me his beloved and he rejoices over me that my worship now is a rejoicing back over him.
And it becomes this, this cycle of rejoicing. In many ways, the Trinitarian does that with one another. Yes. Mm -hmm. And can you uh, just very briefly uh, mention your own personal experience with that of the Lord, how he used community to sing over you in a hard time? Um, I think you told me a story of going to church and was it Louisiana or Mississippi? And, yeah. 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 You know, uh, one of the things that we get to experience when we come in community is that uh, you don't realize this, but the words that you sing, uh, the Holy Spirit uses those to minister to the people around you. That's why the Lord says, you know, raise a joyful noise. And for some of you, it is a noise. Uh, and we know it, but it, it's a powerful noise. And I remember when Renee and I went through our season and our marriage was in the tank and we were trying to figure out how do we navigate this? And you as a community said, y'all go figure it out. We'll surround you with love and care and we're gonna give you time to do that. And um, we had been out for about two months and we went and joined my daughter in Chattanooga and went to the church she was going to. It was the first time we'd been in church for months. And when they started uh, to worship, I couldn't sing. Um, it, it just wrecked me. And what wrecked me is is the songs of the saints that were being poured over me and, uh, and just caring for me as if it was the voice of the Lord uh, rejoicing over me. And uh, ever since that, it's hard for me when I'm in this room and I hear you guys sing because it's like the Lord rejoicing over me and singing to me to awaken my heart to sing to him. That's why I get captivated when you guys are singing and worshiping. One of their high values here, and they tell their worship team, um, we're here to be the chief worshipers. Uh, we're not here to perform. We're to worship and pray and trust that the rest of everyone will follow where they're going. Um, and that truly is the case. It's funny. Um, go ahead. I was just going to say, because I know we got to wrap up, but we can't miss this part. Um, why are we here together and why we do this together? Um, is because there is power in what we're doing. And when we come together and we sing together and we worship together, um, it, it has the power to unify us um, because all of a sudden we're here and we realize we're not alone. Um, we're on this journey with other brothers and sisters. Um, and there are times, like you said, where I need to hear the people of God singing over me and I need to hear someone singing uh, a song of faith that I have a hard time believing right now in my life. I need, I need someone else to believe that for me and to be in a community of people that are, are exercising that faith uh, and picking up that uh, ball when I when I can't. Um, so there's a, there's a beauty that happens when we come together, um, when we sing, is it, it has the power to unify us. You know, that's, uh, it's one of the reasons we don't pass an offering here. Uh, when Midtown first started, the leadership was praying, and God told us, we have such a hard time believing that God wants something for us before he wants something from us, that we don't pass a plate, because it gets so confusing, because we're so hungry to know what God has for us uh, to where it is, it is our heart's compulsion now to be a part of what he's doing. But first, I have to hear the music. And it's a funny thing that uh, a lot of people come to church and they know the words of the song, uh, but not a lot of people hear the music. And one of the passions here is that we as a community would start to hear the music. I told a story a number of years ago where I had gone into the Exxon station up here on 8th Avenue um, and this was years ago before any kind of development had happened up there. 
It was a different kind of Exxon. And I'd gone to the bathroom, and there was an old guy standing in front of the mirror, and he was dancing like a madman. And uh, I thought, this guy's crazy. And I, I said, sorry, 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 and stepped out and waited till he got through with his dance. And uh, <laughs> he came out and just smiled and kind of you know, tipped his hat to me. And I walked into the bathroom, and right in the center of the bathroom was a speaker. Uh, and that speaker was blasting earth, wind, and fire. And if you're not an earth, wind, and fire, you'll never get this. But I could not be in there without dancing. Because if you don't hear the music, you're not going to understand the dance. And when we talk about the Lord is rejoicing over you, we're like daring you to hear the music, that he wants you where you're at. Uh, and he wants you to bring that to himself and also receive him rejoicing over you. So um, in the, we're over time, but I want to hear from you, brother. How would you like to see that happen here? Yeah. What would you like to challenge our people with? Well, I think that, that this whole thing we're talking about, um, the idea of, of maturing in this area and being able to come honestly engage fully and, and receive openly, it's a growth process. This is something that we grow into, that we learn how to do, just like working out, exercising. It's not something that, that's just going to happen immediately. Some of us are in different places than others, and that's fine. Um, so I want to just say that those are things that over the course of the next year, the next years, that we're going to begin to walk you guys through um, is how, how do I do this? Um, and we talked about a couple of just real easy practical things um, you can, that you can be done. You can come early, um, prepare your heart, uh, use the call to worship um, uh, to do what we said, come honestly. Um, and that, that call to worship, it's not a call to worship. It's really just a call to redirect our worship that's already going on. Um, uh, we're going to make, this is a safe place uh, for us to explore and understand what it means to engage fully. Um, we want it to be a, a place where you're free to stand, to sit. Um, you know, I stand us up and I sit us down, um, but we want you to have the freedom to stand, sit, kneel, uh, shout, sing, dance, pray, whatever it is, uh, wherever you are, whatever the Lord's doing in your own life, to have that freedom. Um, allowing others to sing over you, um, practicing that, practicing listening to the Lord. Um, and one thing that I think that, that can begin helping you too um, is would you guys... Uh, Whenever you get a chance, encourage these musicians up here um, because they're given their time, they're given their energy, they're given their love um, to serve us in this. Uh, and when you, when you speak to them and say thank you and give them courage, what that does is it inspires them to keep going, to do it better. Um, and when we do that, when we encourage these guys, uh, it benefits us um, in that. So, and then like you said, um, uh, this isn't something that just happens Sunday morning. What we're trying to develop here is that this would be your lifestyle. Uh, so begin practicing at home, practicing it in your car. And by practicing, I mean pick up the mantle of worshiping, pick up the mantle of singing, and participate in it, and do it, and practice it, and see what the Lord does through it. And I think that, uh, I'll just put this last bit, wherever a community fights for freedom and worship, it actually often produces the very opposite. Um, because some of you uh, may love raising your hands in worship and going, well, yeah, I can kneel and worship and do all that kind of stuff. And then it begins to feel like if you're not doing those things, then you're not really worshiping. Uh, some of you here this morning go, you know what, I just, I, I need to sit and be silent before the Lord, or I just need to stand and not sing at all. Uh, and I want you to know that's as much an expression of who you really are and where you're at as the person that is exuberant and uh, rejoicing in a flamboyant kind of way. And for us to build a community where we give margin for all of that, 
um, is beautiful. In fact, you know that there are people that are here this morning and people that will come this year that don't get this at all and just need to sit in the back and just not even sing and participate. Can we let them do that? And I think as a community, yes, we can, but we got to fight for that together, that that's a definition of that. We all are receiving ourselves and the Lord in different places at different times. And all of that is beautiful. And it makes up the tapestry of this beautiful place that the Lord is building and a place of power. All right, we got a lot more to say about that, but um, let's go on to some real worship. Okay, can I pray for us? Yeah. Father, uh, we're praying, Father, that... uh, as we lean into your truth that we claim by faith the promise that uh, the truth will set us free. And so we're about to worship, Father, and I pray that you help us to be honest about um, where we are in our own hearts as we bring that to you, Father. That, Lord, we would not only be honest, but that, uh, Lord, in the next few minutes we would seek to engage. Engage fully um, and be present in what's going on. And, Lord, Would you give us by faith the hands to reach out and receive what you have for us right now? In Christ's name we pray. Amen.